0: Hey, welcome back to Contractor Evolution. Benji here. Uh, My co-host Igor will be here in a second. Where your business ends up in 10 years depends on a few things. Your effort, the market, your people, some luck, the list goes on but the other predictor that may or may not be on your radar is the quality of advice you get. Having a true team of experts in your corner can and will have a pronounced effect on where you end up as an entrepreneur. Consulting with specialized advisors is one of the highest leverage activities available to you. It's like adding 50 yards to your drive without swinging any harder. If you haven't carefully curated the professional advisors that sit in your corner, I promise you're leaving dollars on the table. Look, you're more than likely going to spend a decade plus at this. Do you want to maximize the return on your blood, sweat, and tears? Good advice is worth a lot. So in today's episode, we examine the five professional advisors that every contractor needs to turbocharge their business. Hey, before we get started, make sure you subscribe to this channel. It really helps us produce all this awesome content for you totally for free. Okay, so today we're discussing the five professional advisors you need to turbocharge your business. Uh, Igor, let's start with number one.
1: Yeah, I'm pumped for this one because I know that as an entrepreneur, uh, we spend so much time working our butt off to build a successful business and add value to... Um, to 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 the organization and to ourselves as the as a founder and entrepreneur and uh, the first one that that is really front of mind for me is the tax advisor and the reason is is that at the end of the day what matters is that you from like a personal spending perspective uh, are able to accumulate money as much as possible mm-hmm. after tax money and that the organization has after tax dollars to operate with and reinvest into the company because we know that if you're going to compound the success of the business long-term, you need to be able to invest into it. So like whether it's equipment or marketing or salespeople, uh, all of that stuff requires after-tax dollars from like, like whatever you're going to reinvest into over time. So, um, this, uh, this, this subject is, is a particularly important one because returns compound... Over time, right. Mm-hmm. So, if you're going to invest into stuff, mm-hmm. um, you what What is most important is the after corporate tax dollars that you can do that with. Um, so, selecting the right kind of accountant and more specifically tax advisor is super important. So I just want to start with that delineation. Benjamin. earlier you asked me like, what's the difference between, is there a difference between an, an accountant and a tax advisor? And yeah, like everyone needs an accountant because you need to file a year-end tax return. Yeah. So whether you're in Canada or in the US, you got to do that. But there's a difference between someone who's just able to file that for you and someone who's actually able to advise you from a strategic perspective on the best way to set up tax structures so that you have as much as possible every, dollar that you can after tax because yeah. that's what's important
0: because a lot of people think like like accounting tax it's very very black and white but it right. isn't there's lots and lots and lots of creativity mm-hmm. there's some strategy involved with this this isn't as simple as just like being counting there's more to it than that
1: yeah 100 so before i got into uh in, in, into business and being an entrepreneur my, my first painting company I actually went to school for uh for accounting and and i realized after like four or five years and in, in in business school that um yeah. People think accounting is pretty black and white, but it, it's not like, yeah, there, 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 are definitely aspects to it, which, uh, which are like tax code related and compliance related, but really a high level tax advisor is someone that brings a lot of creativity because of their experience mm-hmm. and is able to set up tax structures to be able to save as much as possible in taxes and, and to leave as, mu- as as many dollars with you and with your business after tax. Right. So, um,
0: what might be an example of that?
1: Yeah, a good example. I mean, we had Ben Dixon on the show. Now, you got to keep in mind, um, like CRA tax code in Canada is different than the IRS in the U.S., so, so, so the two countries are different. But we had Ben Dixon on the show a couple months ago, and he gave a good Canadian example. And, and there are absolute equivalents in the U.S. of holding company structures, right? So you'd have an operating company, which is your landscape business, let's Mm -hmm. say. Okay. And let's say that it spins out $500,000 in, 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 um, year end profits, or let's just say called retained earnings. So much money is left. And if you were, if you didn't have it set up properly, what would happen is you would effectively want to, we would have that money coming out to you personally, Mm -hmm. and you'd be paying a ton of, taxes on that money to get it down to your personal level, right? In Canada, depending on the province, it could be as high as like the really high 40. So you're basically paying like 50 cents out of every dollar uh, is is going towards taxes. The other option is to set up a holding company, which is not your operating company, but you flow those profits from your operating company to that hold co, and on the first 500,000 I think right now it's like 11 or 12% in taxes and then after 500,000 a year it goes up to 27 I believe. So you've basically got even above 500,000 you've got 73 cents on a dollar to invest with as opposed to if you had to take that money down personally you'd have like 50 cents on a dollar plus minus right. Now the reason that that's powerful is is if you're going to invest that money into real estate investments into investing in securities like you're going to buy Apple stocks or you're going to uh, or in the, in the in the in the first example you're going to buy apartment buildings whatever it is you've got so many more cents on the dollar to invest that with and while that might say you know you might be like wow well, I'm investing 30 more cents on the dollar It's not exactly true it's way more powerful than that because of compound interest so when you compound investing 73 cents on the dollar versus 50 year after year after year with compound interest, that ends up being a huge difference in how much wealth you're able to accumulate over five, 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. right? Because of one relatively simple tax strategy. Mm-hmm. And there are others. It's not just withholding companies or family trusts and, and all kinds of different creative things that, uh, that do come into play. Uh, but again, if, if, if you're working with a really basic accountant, that's literally just going to file your, Year-end tax return, yeah. and you've you've not set up a great relationship with someone that is way more experienced, is more intelligent, and is more creative. You're literally going to just miss on this whole thing.
0: Their ability to help you keep those after-tax dollars is pretty limited uh, compared to like a very, very, very specialized yeah. tax strategist. So yeah. when so when would be the point in an entrepreneur's business journey where? You know maybe upgrading from like a competent accountant to a full-blown tax strategist like when does that make sense yeah i'd say it's like when you have
1: one to two hundred thousand dollars in year-end retained earnings so think of like money like profit that sits Mm -hmm. inside of the company at the end of the year and uh and it's just it's it's sitting there available for 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 investment into stuff outside of your your operating company uh, once you've got that, it's it's definitely time to, to start thinking like you've got to deploy that cash somewhere and, and what's going to be the most tax efficient way to do that. At that point, you want to really begin thinking about like who's the right tax advisor to work with. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, you're totally right. It's fine to have a basic accountant. Now, they still need to be competent enough to not make mistakes because totally. that's where, and I've seen this time and time again, you can actually have major fines and major issues down the road if stuff isn't filed properly. So I'm not saying, so even if even if you're not at that point yet, you still need a competent accountant, accountant. Mm-hmm. 100%, but a higher level tax advisor, that's where that starts to make sense. And some people get caught up because these people do charge like $450, $500, $550 an hour. And you're like, man, that's a lot. Like per minute, I'm paying so much money to talk to this guy. That is not at all the mind frame to have on this. It's the opportunity cost to not have somebody properly advising you on this is huge.
0: Yeah, and you don't need that much of their time. No. They're not working for you year round. No, meeting 100%, them a few times a year. hundred so percent, right? That's like a good your point. your
1: total spend on this, if it's I don't know what we we probably spend seven to ten thousand dollars a year on these kind of advisory services. Like as a percentage of your revenue on your P and L at the mm-hmm. end of the year, it's minuscule. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you, you definitely want to be with someone competent on that on it's that good. front.
0: So if someone if someone was hitting that threshold in their business and they're going yeah you know what I think it's probably time to start thinking about this what might they look for if they were uh, you know shopping for a tax advisor
1: yeah great question so I remember. Bunch of years ago, like I went to my network and I was like, hey, who are I? Went to to the smartest, most experienced entrepreneurs I know, and I was like, who who, who are the best tax advisors that you know of, have you heard of, or you use, or whatever? And I sat down with four or five of them, and the biggest thing that I was looking for was to try to differentiate between. Like, do they understand the technicalities by the book? Mm-hmm. Like, are they like a good accountant? And do they have creativity? And do they have a real track record working with with a whole bunch of fast-growing companies where they've done some really cool maneuvering based on everyone's specific scenario to be able to sit down, understand the situation, and come to creative solutions? Like, I'm talking like whiteboard, you know, diagramming out scenarios, uh, and being able to really explain to me different creative solutions of what stuff could look like. Right. So it's a totally different experience and you feel it pretty quick when you sit down with someone and you're just like, yeah, like okay, this guy like gets accounting. He, he has a CPA, he knows what's up. And someone who's like an actual tactician, and is able to come to tactical solutions and explain them to you. It's a totally different feel. So that's kind of like the main thing that, um, that that you're looking for. I mean, if you're in Canada, I would go to Ben Dixon, who we had on the show. Yep. If you're in the U.S., go to your network. Uh, you can even start with Google. But but I think especially if you're at that point where you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars a year or more in just sitting retained earnings at the end of the year, and um, and you want to come to some you know like some tax efficient. Ways to um, to operate that investment on a year-to-year basis. It's it's definitely worth going on that search whether it's it, it's through your network or otherwise but that's ultimately what you're looking for is someone able to be tactical and creative um, but even
0: if even if someone was listening and they didn't have like this person within their network n- mm-hmm. none of their friends or none of the, the business owners that they know could make a referral or recommendation you would say that they could literally just google it set up three to five meetings get a feel for them mm-hmm. like y- you as a business owner are going to have a sense for which one feels like the best fit yeah. Is that safe yeah. to say?
1: Yeah, 100%. I've done it. I've sat down. and Like, in a week, I had five different meetings, and I, I had a vibe right away on who is the most interesting, smart, tactical, creative uh, of, of, of the whole bunch. And I'll add one more, actually, really important point in there, too. It sounds kind of weird, because we're talking about an accountant or a tax advisor, but they have to be cool. What do you mean? Um, I mean that you need to enjoy hanging out with them, I think. I don't know. Maybe need's a bit too strong of a word, but, like, ideally you'd actually enjoy having a scotch or a beer and sitting down with them Cause there is like that age old joke of "Ah, crap. It's like taxis. And I got to yeah. go like see that dorky accountant with like the thick ass glasses and <laughs> the pants. Um, ideally like if you do enjoy sitting down and grabbing a drink and talking to this, to this person, which I can tell you, I do. I, I was literally like, like, like texting and chatting bought by like on my cell phone with with our tax advisor just the other day he was just calling to check in and 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 sit down and and find a time to grab a whiskey and catch up but if you do that like you're going to be more connected with them in terms of what's going on in the business what's coming up you're gonna have those casual conversations And uh, that's where the strategies and like they have to be able to understand what's going on in your business to be able to advise properly. And if it's someone that you see for like an hour a year, because you have to to hand over stuff or or answer questions or whatever, you're not going to have that depth of relationship and that that level of understanding of your business. So I'll just add that in addition to looking for someone that is creative, smart, inquisitive and tactical. Ideally, if, if, if you can enjoy that relationship, it, it, it is I can guarantee you over time, you you're, you're, it is gonna save you a lot of money because they're gonna get what's going on in your company much
0: better. I think that makes sense, right? Like m- making money is fun. Mm-hmm. Saving money, protecting it from the tax man is even more fun. Totally. You want to enjoy doing that with someone that you find cool, someone that you've you know you've got a vibe with if it's totally if this is if it's this relationship like you described, you're like, Man, I'm dreading this meeting I have on Friday with my tax advisor. You've you've made a mistake. Totally. No, um, I I, I, lo- I this love this is your mate. This is like this is your buddy mate of yours. I love yeah. s- I love yeah. sit-
1: I love sitting down. With him, we go through the business plan, the financial plan for the year, and then and then you know once a quarter or at least twice a year, we'll sit down and I'll show him actually where we're at against that plan. We'll talk about how things are going, major plan spends, things like that, and and um and it it, it should be fun. I don't know I don't know what's like I mean I don't know what would be fun if making money and, and cl- keeping after tax income isn't So it's just totally. It, it should be a good time. Okay, that's uh, that's the tax advisor. What's number two? Yeah. So the second one that really comes to mind for me is like, you do need a smart industry specific lawyer. And mm-hmm. what I find is that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in this space, like your, you know, whatever your parents used a lawyer or your neighbor's a lawyer or whatever, but like you just pick someone that happened to fall into your lap, which, which is fine. Um, but what you got to keep in mind is like, you put a lot of work into your into building your business, like a lot of work over many years. And there are absolutely certain legal elements that need to be in play to protect you and the company. And and a lot of people don't I don't have to call it like dot their I's and cross their T's because you're just so busy and you've not communicated clearly with a lawyer. And some of these things, not often, but absolutely like one in a hundred times or two in a hundred times, something will happen that, that will pose a huge risk Mm. to the entire company that you started. And in my opinion, there's, it's like, okay, so we get construction. Like, would you build a beautiful house on a shitty foundation? No, no right? And, and this isn't rocket science. As I'm not talking like you need someone from like the best law firm in the country or someone that's like 1500 bucks an hour, but to not put in some of these like really, really basic things and then go work your ass off and work like 60 hours a week for years to go build something that where you could be susceptible to a huge liability claim from a from you know a pissed off employee that you fired in an improper way, yeah. or some customer con- like where you've had a hole in a customer contract and you screwed something up, or one of your employees did, and all of a sudden it's a million and a half dollar claim.
0: Well, look like 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 the spaces, the industries that that we like that our audience live in are operationally complex. Mm-hmm. There's actually huge inherent risk in all of this. The The nature of the work can be dangerous. A lot of our contractors, their employees are working at heights. They're on roofs. They're dealing with heavy equipment. Um, there's a lot there's of bodies lot of on wrong. site. Yeah. There's vehicles traveling back and forth. Um, there's a huge amount that could go wrong. And if you're going to be in business for, you know, 10 years plus, there are going to be these moments where things come up and you do kind of want to Your ass protected. So, Not to
1: mention that you work on people's most expensive assets, typically. Their house that they're super emotionally intertwined with. And on the commercial side, you're, again, working with really expensive structures where if there are delays or problems, it also causes a lot of other financial ramifications Mm -hmm. down the road for, for clients if they're commercial. So you've got, if you think about it, like you've actually got a lot of liability between the people, the movement, the heights, the, the actual like structures themselves that you're working on. So this isn't a joke, right? Like it's, the, the, there's a lot of liability and a lot of risk here. And and on the flip side of the coin, you also invest a lot of time into building this company. And um, it's just, it's too risky to not, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's.
0: So if somebody said, well, yeah, I have a lawyer. We got incorporated five years ago. Like that box is checked. Mm-hmm. What would you say to that?
1: Yeah. So there, there, there are a couple key points past incorporation. So yes, your incorporation does need to be done properly. And I'll tell you one time I did have a lawyer that didn't do a couple of very specific details that we wanted during that incorporation. And I spent over $15,000 correcting that Oof. original mistake after. really, So even that you need to make sure is done properly. Um, but beyond that, there are some fundamental like liability protection contracts, uh, that need to be set up. So if you're, customer contract and i'll say contracts rather because they are different for different jobs and different classes of, of work between like commercial residential There are different environments. so um your if your contracts aren't very very well built and thought through with a lawyer that understands your industry and that's mm-hmm. the key your industry that's a big gaping hole that i think needs to be kind of fixed up right away yeah and then there is your uh, employment agreements and contracts. And again, they can change. The one for a laborer is very different from a general manager, an operations manager for your business. Um, so there are some of those foundational ones, too. Yeah, and and if you
0: use a subcontractor, too, a lot, a lot of our members use a lot, yeah, it's, a lot of yeah, subcontractors. It's, not, just, it's well. not
1: like I've got one agreement and I'm good. Yeah, or like no, no. one agreement and then on the customer side, I'm good. Because, you know, John and Susie's house, where you're working on their $4 million home, is very different than a large commercial job where you've got like, you know, uh, a big engineering firm that's in there, and it's just it's it's totally they're all different, mm-hmm. right? And and the risks are different. So, that's that. And then I'll also say, even when you build these contracts once, um, it's not that's not the end of it either because there are active like scenarios and things that happen in the business. So let's just say you've hired, um, you know, you've hired some sort of sales manager and unfortunately like you have to, to, to exit that person in like seven months. It's just, it's not the right thing. They're not the right individual. Like that has a legal process that it, that it should go through to to actually release you of liability, um, in certain forms that should be signed. And there's a ways that that rolls out. So, you should like have a legitimate relationship with a really smart lawyer. Mm -hmm. Again, people are like, wow, it's like, you know, $450 an hour or whatever. Um, This is so minuscule compared to the risk that's at hand for how much work you've put into your business. So just respect yourself to everything that you've done to build into the company and respect how much risk there is. Like when you like think of all the bodies moving everywhere, the bodies at heights, think of the buildings that you're working on uh, the emotions of customers when you're working on real estate, it's, it is is a
0: thing. This is the stuff that keeps a lot of our listeners up at night. I'm sure there's obviously that like as a business owner, there are many pressures. Hey, I need to land this contract. Hey, I need to feed my family. Hey, I need to keep my team employed. The other one that I think really, really stresses uh, it has stressed me out in the past. Is like, is is somebody gonna get badly, badly hurt 100%. on my job site? And so, make sure you protect yourself. When yeah. when should someone be like looking into this as a business owner? At what stage?
1: Yes, yeah, so my thought on that is very different than the account accountant one, right? Where I said like, you, okay, well, I, I think for for that to be worthwhile, you need to have a couple hundred thousand bucks of yeah. retained earnings at the end of a year. This one is like right away. Okay, like I don't think that if if you're a smart entrepreneur like you're a smart girl, you're a smart guy and you're building into your business uh, to not do it without just some of these like good foundations, legal foundations in place is just stupid because you, you are open to a risk of all of that work getting getting
0: wiped out, right? And if you were looking for a lawyer, do you have any thoughts around what an entrepreneur should be? Yeah, what, sh- what kind of questions should they be asking? What should their wants and needs be? I feel like, uh, yeah, you... It, Lawyers can be a little bit intimidating, and yeah. I and I would love to just help 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 our listeners navigate that world a little. Yes,
1: yeah, so I think if you can, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is you should work with someone that understands our industry, right? Uh, trades and contracting, construction. There are like very specific nuances of the way that our businesses operate, right? That are important to understand. A lawyer that has a background in tech. Is very different in terms of like typic- the kind of stuff that they deal with. So, um, this is why at Breakthrough Academy, we're huge fans of Cotney. Right. Cotney Law. Like, we really like those guys. Um, like, one, because they're just cool and, 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 just good people and they're smart, but even more importantly, because they understand our industry. So, um, th- that, that's where I think, uh, the place to start is the place to start. Um, so if, if you're kind of listening to this and you're like, huh, I've really not put enough, maybe as much thought as, into this as I should, I would start with a call to Cotney Construction Law and, um, and then, and, and go from there and, and, and see what you think of those guys. But, uh, that's the biggest thing that comes to mind is like they, they should actually understand our industry. And then the second thing I'll add, uh, and this is a secondary point, but ideally you work with someone that actually like aligns with your values and the way that you just relate to people. And, and yeah, I get it. Like all lawyers are going to be a bit lawyer-esque. Keep in mind they sat in like law school <laughs> for a long period of time and they sit and read contracts for most of the day. But I've made this mistake once as well where, um, you know, I picked after interviewing a whole bunch of them, like the most kind of like strongest lawyer that I figured, and 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 he, you know they are um, very competent and very intense, mm-hmm. and and I I'm not worried that we're going to get screwed <laughs> with certain like contracts and deals because this this person would not let stuff slide, but they can be quite intense and it's not really the way that like like we're a bit more relaxed the way that we work with people and deal with people is 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 a bit more like connected and human and real and so what i find like when 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 the lawyer is involved in certain contract negotiations or whatever it is i have to be there to be as a buffer to be there as a buffer if if this person kind of uh if they deal with people and work with people in the way that you do too then you can just let them figure stuff out whether even if it's with a disgruntled employee or if there's an issue on a job site you can kind of trust that they'll relate to people that in the way that you would so that's like a nice to have what i would say is a must to have that they really understand your industry
0: is the industry background because without it they just won't be able to recognize the risks that are coming unless they play in this sandbox totally they yes they understand the law but do they understand the inherent risk of your business and can they predict that for you Probably not. Yeah. So I think that is that is the central point.
1: Yeah, and I'll just just wrap it up with this. Here's like a real life example. Like I, I have a friend who's a super smart lawyer. They work at, you know, I was talking about using the tech example earlier. They work with a lot of technology companies. This person does no shit about the way that our, that our companies run like through and through, right? So it is like that. that is an important thing. What's number three? Uh, okay, so the third thing that comes to mind for me, if you really are serious about collapsing time frames of building wealth in your life and in your business. Uh, a real turbocharger is to have really smart investment advisors. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, well, you know, as you get more successful in business, you're going to make money, and unless you have uh, like a crazy extravagant lifestyle, like there is going to be money left over. And, um, and how you deploy that money is, is, is pretty important. And I think if you're smart about it, um, you're gonna, you know, hopefully, so I I think most people understand like the basic math of compound returns, right? So you understand that money can make money. And at the end of year one, if you've gotten some pretty good returns, you now have a larger base of money that next year's returns are compounded onto. And once you, you know, you start to plot this out in like a really basic spreadsheet and you'll see that like, wow, man, like five, 10, 15, 20 years. This is a huge flywheel that spools up pretty quick. Like the math is, is, is pretty, pretty astounding when, when you actually like sit down and do it. And I, I remember doing this about 10 years ago and, and it really hit me of like if you're just a diligent investor and you put money away and invest it every single month, it, it adds up over the course of a year. And if you invest it into smart stuff, whatever asset classes you're into, whether you're like a commercial real estate guy or buying residential homes or investing in big market securities or finding private investment deals, there's a bunch of these like th- there are different investment asset like asset types. So, but whatever you're into and whatever you understand, if you do that diligently, and as we said with the first one, you're efficient with your taxes or so you, so you have more money dollars, invest, yeah. you have more dollars to invest with um, every single month. Uh, it's like, it is a really powerful turbocharger to wealth building over over time. And, and if you're, especially if you're reasonably young and you've got a long investment horizon, uh, it's an absolute game changer. So the way that I think about this is like, so I might be a bit extreme, but I really don't like to have cash lying around, right? And uh, in, and I look at them as like little workers, right? So we, we, we all understand what it's <laughs> Each like. Each dollar
0: is a little yeah, tiny worker like, for you. exactly,
1: right? You, I think we all understand of like you hire a landscape technician or a roofer and you pay that person some amount of money, but, but they're putting on roofs and you make a gross profit margin off that work. So I think you, we all get like, okay, well, you're paying someone this much per hour and you get this much per hour back from their work. This is the same kind of thing. Like, if you've got money that lies around after after tax profit at the end of a year in your company, that money can and should be deployed to be put to work, mm-hmm.
0: right? Mm-hmm. So, that that's kind of my, my take on that. Um, the other thing I would say, too, that's just really, really current right now, like, the time we're filming this, it's November 2021. Like, this the sort of in, in inflationary force is is gonna be pretty real over the next little bit. I think if you I mean this is always true. They say don't don't keep the cash under your pillow. Like especially right now if you were to do that, you're just gonna get hammered the way things are going.
1: Yeah, the cash degrades, right? It's just it is worth less and less. A dollar this year is worth less than a dollar did last year, right? Just look at like the costs around you of of what they were 10 years ago and what they are now. So you also like, if you even want to just protect your money, it does need to be invested into something.
0: So like, you know, our, our listeners, like the the men and women that like run, run the businesses that we coach, um, they're smart. Like what, what would you say to someone who's just like, yeah, you know what? I, I totally could, I could see the value in having an investment advisor, but like, I can do this myself. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to do all the investment. Like, do you have a, do you have a take on that? Do you have an opinion on doing it yourself, hiring someone, what's what's the best route? Yeah, so it's like everything in business,
1: right? Like I don't do my own tax strategy and I actually have a pretty serious accounting background, but like I go to someone that where that's their whole world, right? Mm-hmm. Like I look at how um, skilled or experienced I've gotten in, in the last 10 or 15 years by doing what's in my craft. S- and another smart person that is focused on that stuff Will do it so much better, right? Like we, we had um, Ryan from Sumo quote here in the studio, and his whole domain is around how do you craft amazing quotes and proposals. If that smart of a guy has been focused on that for years with a the team, they're going to come up with way better stuff than I can. Right. So I might as well just use their system, right? And it's the same thing here. Like I, I've always found the most success in in working with people where that's they're super smart, they're hardworking, they're passionate, and it's their entire craft. So how would I be able to deploy money and capital in in a better way than someone who is smart and hardworking and passionate and experienced and, and all that all, stuff? This is all they that's the whole their time world. On. Yeah. Right. Um, so the investment advisors that we use, they manage over a billion dollars uh, in in capital. Like that's their whole world. And they're super smart. So how would I expect that you know little me is gonna know how to do it better than 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 they do? So that would be my take is you know, forever how much money you have. Um, you should work with the best that you can. And keep in mind, like these people make money based on, on like a percentage of the assets under management. So if you've got $30,000 to invest, um, there's not as much propensity for someone, for that to be attractive to someone as if you have 3 million, right? So, but for however much money you have, I think that you should um, invest it with the best possible advisor that you can for that amount. And, and as a result, it is okay to switch, right?
0: Like you will outgrow potentially that advisor Correct. at some point and when yeah. you are at a higher net worth or the business has grown tremendously, then at that stage you're looking for a, a heavier hitter. Or a heavier
1: hitter. Yeah. Like, like, uh, you know, a really solid class of, a, of, of, of financial advisor is, you know, they'll often have minimums of about a million dollars of assets under management. So, you know, if you've got 200,000, you're probably not going to be able to work with those people, but when you can, you probably should switch into them. So, yeah, it, it 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 is a progression. It's totally okay to switch and and to your earlier question of when should someone be kind of conscious of some of these things? I think if if you've got 2 to 300,000 bucks in 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 investable assets whether they're either just sitting in cash right now or they are invested, this is the time to to start thinking about like, hey, I want someone who actually knows what they're doing to be managing this this capital because again, like you can turbocharge its growth over years and if you've got a 10, 20, 30, 40-year time horizon, this
0: can end up being a lot of money over time. Amazing, so that's the investment advisor. Uh, We're done three of five. What is the fourth professional advisor that you need to turbocharge your business?
1: Yeah, so I really like these three. These three that we talked about are so crucial. A lot of fourth here as well, um, which which is having a smart banker that's Mm. actually connected with you. And I think, you know, gone are the days of where, where we spend a lot of time in, in banks. But I mean, especially if you are spending in this day and age, you really shouldn't be spending any time dealing with like regular day-to-day week-to-week banking matters. If you're messing around with like check deposits, holds going into branches, um, you, you need to rethink that. It's not like, worth your time. It's not worth your time. You have you have way bigger fish to fry running your business. So as a smart entrepreneur, one, don't be wasting time with that kind of stuff. Um, a private banker that knows your business, understands your level of competence, your track record, your corporate structure, um, they should be able to, 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 to stop the time wasting with this. So that's kind of the most fundamental piece. But where I think a, a, a great relationship with a bank and a, an a, and a individual banker adds a ton of value is is when it comes to facilitating credits and lo- credit and totally. loans and cash quickly. So um, I think, you know, most entrepreneurs in the contracting space will understand that from an investment perspective in real estate deals, there are deals that come up, mm-hmm. right, especially if you're going to invest into pieces of land or certain developments and things like that. And, and building a relationship with A banker who actually understands your business's track record, the corporate structure, like where money sits and flows through, that understands your expertise and like your ability to be a great business person, um, it's gonna be way easier to facilitate loans quickly when you need them and mortgages and, and, and reshuffle stuff to to make deals work. and
0: Yeah, if you're gonna be a dynamic player in this, you do need low friction access to capital, right? Like when these deals do come up, they don't stay around forever. You need to be able to move and move quickly and having a banker in your corner who understands all the yeah. stuff you've just laid out can say, yeah buddy, I totally see the opportunity there too here's you know whatever like is yeah. it a hundred grand is it a couple million bucks it totally yeah. depends on we the can size and scale of your business but we can make this work because i have this this pre-established relationship with you yeah
1: totally yeah exactly and um and 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 i know a number of of my friends and and breakthrough academy members that 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 put together some really cool real estate deals and 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 quite often and they all have great financing set, like setups in place where a banker understands their business, understands their investment portfolio and is able to extend
0: capital pretty quick. Cool. And so. and uh, w- when do you think someone should be uh, shopping for a banker?
1: Yeah, I think if you're doing like a million bucks a year and up, one to two million a year in revenue and up, it's, it's, it's time where you really shouldn't be messing around with some of these basics and you want to be Kind of over time, getting yourself into a position where you can pull the trigger on these kind of deals when you need to. And what are you looking for in that person? Um, I think that the most important thing is finding someone who is like hungry in their banking career and wants to build into long term relationships and is a game to build a really great relationship with you and invest into you over the course of your growth. So younger is fine. Like in terms of just age and experience, but someone who who actually cares about you and your business and sees the long-term potential. Because the way they make money is basically in the amount of assets that that are that are kind of sitting there. Sorry, assets or or liabilities. So if you've got cash with a bank or if you've got loans, that's basically how a bank makes money. Either mm-hmm. like they make money on the interest of the cash you have sitting there, or by giving loans where you're paying interest to the bank. That's how they make money. So they either you either have one or both of those things going on or they can see that you will over time over the course of your growth so someone that's that's kind of sees the value of of your development and the long-term relationship
0: with you they're they're, they're motivated to do something with you that's yeah. the point yeah
1: yeah 100 yeah, right I, I was just talking to a friend of mine um she owns quite a successful business. Uh, had like a really nice condo, very valuable one in the city, bought a huge house in in one of the most expensive parts of Vancouver. Um, and she's able to just facilitate a whole bunch of this stuff like super easily and quickly because she has one private banker at a bank where all the stuff, like all her operating company, right down to like the You know, credit card processing machine holding companies investments mortgages like everything's collected there This person knows her whole structure through and through and they just move on deals very quickly
0: Cool, that's four Uh, Let's bring it home with number five. What's what's the fifth professional advisor you need?
1: Yeah? So the fifth one is 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 super fundamentally important and is different than the others because I think it's it's actually involved in the operational aspect of your business, which is a systems advisor. So the first four that we talked about are are really based on like using the uh, utilizing the most of like the work that you put into in your business mm-hmm. and and the spinoff and the value that your business creates. This one is super crucial because it's actually based on making your business successful. And that's the systems advisor when it comes to the systems and processes and operational excellence that lives mm. inside of your business.
0: The pro- so here, here's a, dis- a distinction I want to make or um, a mistake I, I see. Uh- made a lot which is people will assume that these other advisors that we've talked about and other ones too they'll sort of assume that they're doing that for them mm-hmm. my tax strategist is an operational systems expert and i'm getting advice from him therefore you know how i should run my business internally is looked after And it's like eh, wrong that is exactly yeah. your ab- investment n- advisor is nothing to do with the way that you run your business zero. Internally. your
1: tax advisor doesn't right they, they try to save you as much as after tax cash as possible. Sure, that's but when different it,
0: when it comes to actually structuring your own company, building infrastructure, implementing people, uh, sorry, implementing systems, hiring people. That is n- that is not their wheelhouse. Yeah, exactly. So developing your entrepreneurial skill sets
1: and the operational excellence inside your business that's going to make it profitable, and and get that or, you know EBITDA as we call it, like earnings before interest, tax, depreciation, amortization, where you're going to be maximizing. The amount of cash left over at the end comes down to operational excellence and 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 a lot of entrepreneurs especially in the trades we come from a background where we're really good at at, at what we do right so we come from a great landscaping background or roofing background and and, and as a result we're able to build good businesses because we're also naturally good leaders and super hardworking and all that kind of stuff but when you cross a certain threshold let's say seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year in revenue a million dollars a year in revenue somewhere in there um typically you realize pretty quick that like the skills and the experience that got my business to this point is a different one than what I need to run a much more serious organization moving forward Mm -hmm. that's where a whole other set of skills and systems and processes come into play like I got to be able to budget effectively and build good strategy and develop a more robust organizational structure with mid-level managers so that not everything is like in my hands and in my head. I got to be able to hire effectively and train large groups of people at a time. I I could go on forever. There's a whole set of systems and processes and skills that I need that are different than the ones that got me here
0: yeah and a lot of those questions they're not easily googleable these are not like simple cut and dry answers this is quite sophisticated you need to have someone with expertise you need to have someone with an industry specialization a lot of people are working off of advice they got from their dad and then this other thing that they heard from their buddy and then this one thing they heard on a ted talk and they're kind of trying to duct tape it all together it's like um, that can work. I just think when you get to a certain point, there really is ROI in having someone who like fully, fully knows the next steps that you need to make before you do.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And that really comes from experience, understanding of business and also understanding of this specific industry because contracting is operationally very different than is a restaurant mm-hmm. or a dental practice mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. So the, the specific like internal business operational infrastructure that exists in the contracting
0: is kind of unique. So if, if um, and I have a feeling a lot of our, our listeners are probably at the stage where they're looking for something like this, what should they look for? What criteria um, do they need to see to make a good decision on, on a systems advisor?
1: Yeah, so uh, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is a track record of excellence and someone who's who's been able to implement that super effectively with, with a lot of companies in that industry uh, over and over and over again. Many times. Many times, yeah. So that's pretty big uh, where there is a huge number of other entrepreneurs in that space that, that can personally speak from their experience of 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 how much their life and their business has improved, so think of it like 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 referrals mm-hmm. of of existing clients, um, is 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 huge, and then um, and then just where there's some sort of like measurable aspect to it where you can say like hey okay, on average after going through this, revenue growth is this, profit growth is this, like where, where, where you can you can bring a level of tangibility to it and not just through like, here's like one client or here's 10 clients where like at scale, they figured out how to do this over and over again with very tangible results. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, do you know of any good systems advisors? What do you think, Benji? <laughs> I think you do.
1: Yeah, we do. No, um, so breakthrough academy is is like our organization. Like this is the bread and butter of of, of, of w- what we do, um, and this is literally our whole world when when it comes to, you know, it's contracting and it's business operations and implementation of systems. Um, we have a large, very smart group of people. So, um, yeah, that's that's literally our entire our entire profession
0: that's why we do this podcast that's why we work with the amazing coaches that we do uh this whole breakthrough academy thing which you've obviously alluded to on other episodes is is a pretty big world uh outside of contract revolution so if you are a fast-growing business you are looking for advice on systems you're wanting to scale you're you're starting to feel like you're hitting that glass ceiling and you, you want to break through uh there will be a link in the description to check out breakthrough academy uh all of our information is is online and you can schedule you know a free call with us at your leisure uh if that makes sense for you um okay all a couple closing questions here on all this stuff igor like see it's easy to talk about like the the perks and benefits and be like this person's gonna save you money this person's gonna make you more money and like i get it i think what i would be asking is like this sounds like a lot of money how much how much should entrepreneurs be ready to spend on one or some or all of these advisors?
1: Yeah, like I can't give you a very like specific dollar amount and like estimate this out for you of how much you should be spending on, you know, like legal and, and tax advisory and, and and an actual like systems advisor, all this kind of stuff. But it, it just it depends on 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 where you are, what level of expertise you need, all that kind of stuff. But what I can tell you and guarantee you from a lot of personal experience is that the total amount of money that you're going to spend on this over the course of a year is minuscule compared to the amount of benefit that there is, and also uh, compared to your just overall revenue, right? Mm. When when I look at even a lawyer or a tax advisor, whatever they are, on uh, on an annual spend basis, it's a tiny percentage of my of my overall costs, and it's a very small percentage of revenue. Right. So I really wouldn't get caught up on like, well, is this like uh, you know, do they charge two hundred and fifty or four hundred and fifty dollars an hour, or is this systems trainer like? Are they you know a thousand dollars a month or three thousand dollars a month? All of that is tiny compared to the amount of benefit that there is by getting really good tax advice, not coming up against huge legal issues that could potentially tank my business and all the effort I put in, all that kind of stuff. So, um, don't
0: let the sticker shock get the best of you. It's probably going to be worth worth every dollar spent anyway. Is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, like there, there's potential for huge ROI, and and you have to don't let the sticker shock get in the way of like look at it as as percentage of revenue. What percentage of my revenue am I spending? on this and and how much is there is there to benefit like it is it's it's like buying any other like investment really you're looking at like what is my return on this investment of spending eight thousand dollars with yeah. a lawyer this year to get some contracts dialed and not have the risk of these like huge liabilities for instance right so i, I think that's that's the best way to look at it and and, and don't be afraid to do that like this year i'm prob- we're probably maybe 35 dollars into some tax strategy stuff, changing up some tax structures Mm -hmm. that are going to have huge benefit down the road, right? So do I care about spending 30 to 40,000 bucks on, on some tax strategy stuff? And, And this is unique. It's not every year. It's, it's happening specifically this year. No, because in the grand scheme, like what percentage of revenue is that is tiny and the upside
0: many years out is huge. Yeah. I love it. Um, We've talked about all five. I will do a quick recap. It's number one, tax advisor. Number two is a really good lawyer. Number three, find yourself an investment advisor. Number four, find yourself a great banker so that you can have low friction access to capital. Number five is a systems advisor. Um, any closing thoughts on all, the, on all five of those, Igor?
1: Yeah, I just want to say one more thing here as we close. Um, my overarching piece of advice that's, that's the same with all of these as you're out on a search with them and wanting to build some good long-term relationships is find people that you'd like hanging out with, right? If you are going to build a close relationship with a business operational advisor, whether it's Breakthrough Academy or otherwise, or an investment advisor or whoever it is, It's so much more fun if you actually like being around these people. If they're cool, you can connect with them. They're fun. They're real people, not just like a classic, like dorky accountant, right? Um, It just, it makes the whole thing so much more fun. At the end of the day, you started this business to have a good time because you enjoy roofing, construction, painting, whatever it is. It's the same thing here. Like you started this to have fun. Uh, this, this should be a fun exercise too. These should be people that you actually enjoy talking to, grabbing a beer with, whatever it is, uh, find people that you like. Cause this whole, you know, business endeavor should, supposed be, to be, fun. should, should be, should be fun.
0: Cool. I awesome. love it. Let's, let's leave it at that. Uh, guys, if you want to check out Breakthrough Academy one more time, the, the link will be in the description. Uh, thanks for sharing Igor and we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Thanks Benji. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Contractor Evolution. Uh, If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it.